and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how's it going awesome you know why what because i'm a cherry bomb dude i love anytime that song can be worked into something so i wasn't complaining at all this movie had some good music like lou reed shows up at some point i was like hey yeah, again, just like last episode, like, they definitely nail the soundtrack in these. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I know it's cheap, and it's just needle drop after oh, needle yeah. drop. Listen, I don't care. It's fun. No. I, know what they, I know what they're doing, I know what Stranger Things is doing, but even going back to, like, Dazed and Confused, they also did it, and they're from, like, the 90s, so it's not a new thing. Exactly. But Fear Street, Part 2, 1978. Which will be a fun one for you to titles because it'll be 1978-2021. Yeah, all these are confusing. Man, earlier this month we had Dracula, AD 1972-1972. We have some weird titled ones this month. <laughs> but um, the Edward Trifecta by Lee Janiak, which I apologize if I'm getting your last name wrong. I looked up several interviews on YouTube trying to be like, I need to know how to say this last name. And none of the interviewers said, said it. It was all just like, and welcome Lee. I was like, bullshit. You don't just say John. You say John Carpenter. They also don't know how to say the name, and they don't want to say it to her face. So I at least <laughs> tried. They didn't know either. Yeah. So the Edward trifecta to Lee. <laughs> so what do you think of this one? Because we did 94 last episode, and you, this was a first watch for you, and you said you liked it. How do you feel yeah. about 78? I like 78 as well. Right off the top, I'm going to say I enjoyed 94 more. Okay, you're in line with me then. 78 is fun. I enjoy it. There's definitely a few times where they lean heavy duty into the Jason stuff. Of like, the music is like just a note off from being copyrighted. It's like uh, Vanilla Ice. Oh, dude, you're not kidding. There's a shot like where it's showing the lake and everything around. I'm like... Is that the Friday score? It's literally like, and it does like something else, but there for a second, you're like, uh huh, I, I heard it. Yeah, I know what you're doing, but yeah, just like last week, I know that's what they're doing. I'm okay right. with it. Yeah, and they don't do it like badly. No. And here's the other thing about this I'm a sucker for the summer camp horror, but that's a yes. double edged sword. You give that, you already have me in. But I've also seen so much of it, I have a lot to compare it to. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely, like, Slumber Party Massacre, The Burning. No, not Slumber Party Massacre. Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. I was thinking of another S one. Um, Friday the 13th, of course. Like, there's so many of them. Yeah, and so, like, the you have me in with your premise, but there's also a large bar you gotta cross. This does well. I like it. It's good. Um, I feel like... They wanted to set this in the 80s, but like you said last week with Stranger Things being the 80s, they're like, let's just make it the super late 70s. Oh yeah, and Sadie Sink being in this, she is awesome, but she's definitely just playing Max from Stranger Things. Yeah, and she does a great job of this, so I'm not complaining. Yes, no, but it's definitely this, 
it could be just this was Max like the summer before she got dropped off at Hawkins, you know. Yeah, exactly. So you want to get into this? Yes, let's record this fucker. All right, so it starts still in 1994 at the end of the last one, and there's some news report about Kate and Simon murdering the hospital staff, them being the prime suspects. So just like the sheriff told them, I think I got his name wrong last episode, Sheriff Nick Good. Yes, and we get a young Nick Good in this one. But I definitely enjoyed that they started off this movie with what was going on at the end of that one. So they're okay, thank God. At least we get some of like the current quote unquote story and don't have to wait like a whole nother movie for like maybe things to wrap up in the next one. Cause I have no idea. Like, yeah, they still bookend it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. that first movie and then these stories being told in it, which makes me, because one thing I was worried about coming into this is like, well, they did the latest year movie last. So you would think that's going to be the end and everything else is like the build up. And I was like, but then there's no real stakes for the other two movies. Like, okay, they can still be good, but I'm not going to be like as like, go team go about it. You know, it's, I enjoy how they're doing it. It seems. Yeah. It still keeps you invested in that original. Yeah. C. Berman is locking up her house and she has all these clocks set to a specific time and everything. And she hears this knocking at the door and light shining in, which the way they set this up, I'd be terrified too. Yeah, because it's seeming like she's looking, like she's waiting for someone to come get her. Which I guess in a way she is with the witch. But, yeah, it's like the alarm goes off. It's like, check all the locks. So she checks all the locks, except for the window one, because she's about to check it. But um, Major Tom, which plays into this huge David Bowie thing that goes on throughout the entire movie that I'm not complaining about. It, like, wants his food, her dog. And so she goes to feed him and leaves the window unlocked. And that's like later, like you said, you see the flashlights going around and that window opens. You're like, oh, you fucked up once. So look, now that you said about the David Bowie thing, her dog's name Major Tom. Uh, We don't do a spoiler free section here, people. So fair warning. Did the twist get you at all? Because I won't lie with them calling her C. Berman the whole time. I'm like, okay, something's up with her name. And then we have the sister's name is Kath, um, Cindy, I'm like, well, that's C. Berman, but that's too obvious. They call her Cindy Berman if that was it. And the other girl's name being Ziggy, I'm like, well, that's clearly not her name. Yeah. I feel like I got that instantly. I mean, well, I didn't even make that connection. I did it as much as um, the C. Berman, this older adult version, is, like, very meticulous and very just, like, proper and, like, this is how things are done. And very, like, put together to like an extreme fault where there she's surrounded by alarm clocks way telling her to do things. And Cindy is way too much of that perfect preppy little perfect girl. And Ziggy's like the hardcore girl who like likes punk rock and she smoked a cigarette. You know, it's like, it's going to be Ziggy. Yeah. So I'm not complaining, but the twist didn't feel very twisty to me. No, I saw what they were doing. Someone breaks in, and she almost stabs Dina from the first movie. And she's like, you need to go. We spoke on the phone. No, you need to go now. I'm like, wait, come here. And they have possessed Sam in the trunk of the car. Yeah, and I was so happy that it was our group from the last movie, and not, like, 
some weird CIA people, or it's just like the Cult of Thorn got bored with Michael, and now they're over here helping the witch, so they're breaking into her house, you know, it's like, oh, okay. I like that there's not some weird, like, the CIA showing up at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. Oh, fuck that movie. No, it's all tied <laughs> together very nicely. Yeah. But they tie Sam up inside in the bathroom, and they sit down, and she starts telling them the story from 1978. She's like, it's the last time I ever saw my sister alive. And at the, I mean, I won't say anything at the, till the very end, but they definitely put a, there's no questions asked, which one do you know is going to be surviving? <laughs> what like, do you mean? How brutal the sister gets killed, and oh, like Ziggy's like shit, yeah. getting stabbed, and it's like, oh, okay, you're not getting your chest caved in with an axe. Yeah. Man, I gotta ask you about this. Does the tone feel kind of different in this one to you, though? Yeah, it's def- it's weird. Like, the, the murders and stuff, even though they were characters I cared about in the first one, still felt like fun slasher murders. And yeah. this one, they still are. But, like, a lot of them are kids and, like, <laughs> really played up in the emotion side of it and everything. Like, you know, normally I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking kill that person. There's Don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of that in this movie. But there's, like, also super sad ones in this movie. Oh, to where, like... One of like a couple will be like together for a lot of the movie, and one of them gets killed, and the other one like dwells on it for the rest of the movie and keeps bringing it up over and over again. Where usually it would just be like, eh, they're dead, like around, like, oh, who can I fuck now? Yeah, it's not just like meat for the machete movie. Yeah, it makes you care about them. Yeah, like you said, and it gets like weirdly emotional. But we cut to Ziggy, again played by Sadie Sink, being strung up by her wrist in a tree and other kids are bullying her and they're gonna just fucking burn her? Yeah, and it's really weird. It's, um, God, it's like the, uh, bully from the It remake where, like, the other guys are like, are you sure you want to do this? It's like, give me the knife! When she's like, give me the lighter, we're gonna burn her! And then she actually fucking does, like, it's a small little bit, but no matter how much you get burned, it hurts. Yeah, and like they're like, it's not her fault. She's the witch. They're accusing her of stealing money and everything. And they're they're about to like legit burn her, and they're stopped by Nick, Nick Good in the future. Well, Nick Good here too, but uh, stops his brother's one of them. Like, stop! Or I'm gonna tell mom, and they stop and everything. And Ziggy almost gets kicked out of camp for this. Again, this is the shady side versus Sunnyvale. I guess both of those two cities are at this camp. And all the shady side kids are picked on and bad, and you know Sunnyvale kids are like the perfect little children. For another movie to be doing almost the exact same thing the first one did, of it's like such a rivalry. It's like we really get it. You didn't have to. I don't think beat us over the head with it as much as you did this time. Yeah, they do lean into it a lot, but this one I think you see it happen more in like the randomness of it. So I get it. Kind of shows you. No, look, it's this bad, like, when the witch gets the boy and everything, like, and possesses him. So, I guess this, the last one told us, and this one showed us, you know? And this one is really making me think, why does anyone live in this town? Because it seems like murders are happening every, like, ten or so years. There's, like, a mass murderer that appears. It's like, And it's not like New York City, where there's, like, so many people. It seems like a relatively, like, medium to small-sized town. Why does anyone live here? They make, like, a kind of, like, off-handed comment of, like, oh, no one can get out. But, honestly, like, 
if you leave, what happens? Property is probably really cheap. I get it. Yeah. Then we have this camp activities montage, and there's going to be the color war tonight, where it's like the two towns against each other playing a bunch of games and stuff. Yeah, it's red versus blue. And was it Sunnyvale always wins because Shady Side are the dirty losers? And Cindy Berman, Ziggy's sister, and her boyfriend Tommy are cleaning the outhouse, and there's this red moss that's growing from the one toilet. Look, I'm not scrubbing the red moss growing in the outhouse. No. And she's like super into it. Like, Scoutmaster, like, the, like, they love this. Like, they're, like, the Cub Scout leader or whatever of, like, oh, chores are amazing. This is the best part of camp. Yeah, we should mention their counselors. The younger kids are all campers. And then we cut to the other two counselors fucking Alice and I don't remember her boyfriend's name. But I did like that her name was Alice in this type of movie. Just throwback to Friday the 13th. Don't know if it was intentional or not, but I liked it. No, I like it too. I like these two characters as well because they're just they're the funny stoners, but they take it a step like more because they also like are after pills. Yeah, again, just like last movie, and Cindy interrupts them and puts them back to work again. This is another movie where I like. I know I said this last episode, but I expect Netflix to sanitize it when you walk in and fucking on them fucking and everything. Like, oh, okay. Oh well, they do in a way. For sure, because I, like, paid attention, because this is supposed to be, like, the 80s slasher movie, even though I know it's 78, but you know what I mean. We get a lot of guy ass. Yeah, I know what you mean. No nudity other than that. Well, most of them are kids, so that's probably a good thing. Well, the, the counselors are the ones that are fooling around, and we can... I would say if they're in charge of children and, like, left alone at this camp, they're 18 or over. Most likely, most of them, yes. Yes, so it's, I did notice that of like, oh, they didn't completely lean into the slasher thing. Ziggy goes to see Nurse Lane for her arm that was burnt and everything, and she sees the book there, this witch book, and she's like, what's this, when she's on her desk, and right then, Nurse Lane appears behind her, what are you doing, and Nurse Lane, if that sounds familiar, because if you remember our killer, one of the shady side killers was Ruby Lane, and this is her mother. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That's oh, I like the Ruby Lane one where it's like the fifties, like girl with the uh, switchblade knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's bandaging her up and everything, going real tight, talking about like it wasn't like her daughter; she wouldn't do this, and like starts like going real tight. Finally, snaps out of it. Seems like she likes Ziggy though. Like she's like this little kid. She kind of looks after there. Well, yeah, because Ziggy's like, oh, you're kind of putting the bandage on a little uh, tight there. And then finally, at the very end, she's like, it fucking hurts. And then, like, snaps her out of it. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, now run her along and play. Try not to play with lighters. Did this camp look familiar to you at all? Mm, a tiny bit. It reminded me more of the Sleepaway Camp camp than uh, Friday the 13th. Well, funny you should say that. They filmed a couple camps for different scenes in it. One of the camps they filmed, though, was also used in Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, so this fun little... They definitely leaned into the Friday the 13th of it all. Oh, nice. I love that. I almost want to watch it again and just look in the background. Uh, Cindy's mad at Ziggy for getting in trouble, even though she did nothing. I think she did steal the money, but... 
that doesn't deserve to be burnt by a lighter. Well, I, I thought it was her money because none of them actually saw her take it. So I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't know either. Because everyone is just like immediately Ziggy is the worst person ever. She's the witch bitch. She's a monster. Like. Yeah, they're cruel to this kid. Later, um, Tommy and Cindy are like cleaning in the mess hall. And Nurse Lane shows up and looks at Tommy. He's like, I saw your name. One way or another, you're going to die tonight. What? And she attacks him with a knife, this old lady. Yeah, and, like, right now you're like, oh, holy shit, is she the possessed one? Later in the movie, it almost kind of makes sense maybe what she was trying to do, but she's just going yeah. completely psycho. Yeah, she's too close to this to be the one investigating it. Yeah. But, yeah, so she attacks him, he, like, wrestles back, and she falls and, like, snaps her neck on, like, the seat of one of the chair the tables there. Yeah, and his head, like, uh, his head's bleeding because it got smacked off of something. Because he's like, uh, for the rest of the movie, he's kind of loopy until the big thing happens. And it almost keeps being, like, played off as like, oh no, I just, I got my head rattled, but I'm okay. So, here's my biggest thing. You see her being taken, well, you see the police questioning them, police there, like, ambulance leaving and stuff. Are you counting her as dead? I don't think so, because I, I don't think... We don't know if she actually died, or did she just get knocked out? Because I would almost say she got knocked out. I counted her as dead, but I had trouble with this. But I went through enough dialogue, I rewound and listened to more people. Yeah. Everyone else was saying, her life is over, and refer to her only in past tense after this. Except yeah. for the bully kids are the only one says, you can visit her in jail. But the police and everything were saying, like, maybe she was, and all this kind of stuff. So I did go ahead and throw her on there. I had difficulty with it, but okay. for sake of this, just letting you know. Sure. Next, we get dinner to Don't Fear the Reaper. Yes, very nice. Another one that they drop in there, and it just makes me think of Dazed and Confused. I'm like, yay! <laughs> and during this, like everyone's like, why do you think she attacked you? I don't know, all this kind of stuff. And this is also where we get like the speeches from like the lead counselors for like Shadyside and Sunnyvale. The Sunnyvale guy is like this jock, like, we have never lost a color war because we're Shadyside, all this stuff. And I can't remember her name, like something with a J, I don't remember. But the girl counselor who's in charge of the <laughs> Shadyside was like, who cares as long as we all have fun, right? And she's this little stoner girl, and I love her. It's so fun. Well, because she's also, like, hitting on the other guy, like, the blue team or whatever. Or they, uh, was it the Sunnyvale people? He's like, yeah, yeah, he is pretty hot, though. Look at him in those, like, little shorty shorts. And she's, like, half flirting with him. And it is, like, such a half-assed thing of, like, even if we do lose, like, we're all still winners in our hearts. <laughs> yes. Um, sisters are arguing after about how no one gets out of here. We're all cursed. And Ziggy's super mean to Cindy here, too. Like, as much as Cindy kind of was earlier, she's like, you can try all you want to save up, go to college, buy this polo shirt that doesn't even suit you. You're just as, like, trash as the rest of us, pretty much. Like, Jesus, Ziggy. It's funny how Cindy is obsessed with this polo shirt, because she got, like, a little bit of, like, the red moss, like, dyed it red a little bit. And she's like, oh, no! And then later she gets, like, a tiny little hole in it. She's like, it's ruined! It's, like, the worst thing that's happened. Well, from what I understand, like, she's been working and saving all this money. This is, like, her nice shirt. Like, she's trying to get college. So, like, I get yeah. what she's trying to do. I feel bad for her. But also, why are you wearing this here, Cindy? They mentioned that, like, she saved up all summer for this shirt or something. 
how much was it? And then also, like you said, you're going to camp, which is extremely dirty. Why are you wearing the nice shirt? I don't know. <laughs> but Capture the Flag is about to start, and Tommy hears his name whispered, like, you know, like we've seen in the other movie. Oh, and it's because he's like, explained, there's like the uh, funny little fat kid, and he's like bent down in front of him explaining what his job is, and he just like completely spaces out. And the kid's like, uh, Coach, are you okay? He's like, Yeah, I'm fine. Yep, and a little flies buzzing there and everything. Oh, as soon as the flies show up, I already know what's going on. I'm like, he's done. I know, like, he's going to be the killer. Did you realize he was going to be the killer that we saw in the last movie yet, though? Because I won't lie, at this point, I didn't no. really... I should have, but I didn't make that connection until he puts that flannel on later. As soon as he put that flannel on, I'm like, oh, shit! And then, like, oh. it clicks in my head. When they're when they're in the witch house and he just all of a sudden has a flannel shirt on out of nowhere, I'm like, oh... Where's this bag? Yeah, and then we get the bag later, which I, you know what? I actually like the way they tied it all together, like, piece by piece to get in there. It's so funny how they get the bag. I don't know, I think the bag thing works, though, for, like, making it not super cheesy, like, why is he wearing a bag? I guess it works. Yeah, it's just, like, I guess he just, he's a demon now, so he doesn't care that it's on its head, so it, he never takes it off. Yeah, he's got one one mission, but we'll get there. You could put bunny ears on his head. They're on there forever. But Cindy and Tommy sneak into the infirmary to find answers. Like, why did she attack you? Maybe she was on drugs or something. And they find the witch book while they're in there. Yeah, they find the witch book. And then, like, a bottle of pills just, like, in a black pill bottle thing with no label on it and whatnot. It's like, oh, these gotta be the ones that made her crazy. And Alice and her boyfriend are also in there, unknown to them, looking for drugs since the nurse is now gone. Yeah, and they're like, ooh, unlabeled pills? Yoink! You're like, I'm gonna take three! <laughs> they find a map in the book on the camp, but everything's written over with, like, original settlement like stuff, like when people first moved to this land, and they're like, it's a map of some sort, and of course they're gonna go out and follow it. Cut back to Ziggy, she's mixing paint, and Nick shows up and talks to her, and she's gonna prank the bullies with it. It's like, oh, like Carrie. She goes, you've read Carrie? All right, time for Greg to go on a little tangent like you normally would. Sure. This is 78. Yes. Two years earlier, Carrie was in theaters. Okay. Wouldn't it be more likely to go, oh, you've read Carrie? To, oh, yeah, everyone's seen that movie. Yeah, true, of, like, they bond over reading, not movies, which, I mean, it's good to read, yes, but you would think that the movie thing would be more of what they went after. Wait, all I'm saying is, it's not like only people who read know Carrie. Carrie's already, like, a main pop culture thing. Right, yeah, the movie's been out. Yes. Oh, real quick, you know what I saw looking on Letterbox? I see Young Nick Good, uh, played by Ted Sutherland. I'm like, I know that name. It's the son of Keith Sutherland. Kiefer? Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, shit! Uh... What's his name? David from the Lost Boys. I love that I got yelled at in the group chat for sharing the Corey Feldman every time he sings it, and I would find it on TikTok. Oh, like, I wasn't yelling. I loved it. I'm like, keep sending him. I love him. But the counselors are in the woods, and they find these dug graves, and 
that's marked on a map, and she was looking for the hand of Seraphir, is what she's been trying to find this whole time. Yeah, which, is this like holes where they're just constantly digging random holes all over the place, hoping they find the treasure? Like, hoping they find the thing they need? Because the well, I think this was just the nurse. They, the amount of times they stumble across the exact place they need to be is like, okay, that's kind of... I mean, I'm not judging it super hard, but I'm just kind of being like, you're kind of taking a little bit easy way out movie. Oh, I'll get there at the end. I have one. But I think this is all the nurse just trying to find the body and the hand and everything. Yeah, that's what I mean. She's just playing holes of let's dig random holes all over the place and hope I find what I need. Oh, yeah. But they find this underground tunnel like that's already been there, like with all this like creepy witchy stuff on the inside and everything. Yeah, this reminded me almost like if you've seen how the Evil Dead cabin from the original movie looks now, of it's just like rubble and like the chimneys there. It kind of looks like that. If it's like chimney and you can kind of see where something was. And then there's like a walk-in basement. Yeah, like, you know, if you ever go hiking, you find like old foundations and stuff like that in the woods from like hundreds yeah. of years ago. But they find this the witch's mark with a random candle burning in the middle of it, like carved into the ground here and everything. Really scary. And then a wall with all the names of the Shady Side Killers with Tommy's name written on the bottom. Now, the only two who see this are Alice and Cindy, because the boys are out in, like, I guess the hallway section, we could call it, of this part. Yeah. And then Tommy's nose starts bleeding, hears his name whispered again, and Alice's boyfriend's like, oh, I'm going to head back up, and Tommy just grabs an axe from in there and axes him in the fucking face, and nothing held back like camera right in the face. And it's so funny, because, like, Alice and Cindy are both like, but he's not a killer. Why is his name on here? Cut to him wearing the flannel shirt out of nowhere. And you're like, okay. Cut to the axe on the wall. You're like, okay. Okay. Now we're finally get into the slasher part of this movie. Oh, we did see him grab the flannel earlier when they decided they were going to go into the woods. Oh, we did? Okay. Because out of nowhere, he's sitting, like, on a bench or on a bed or something with the flannel shirt on. I'm like, was that just there for him? No, we saw him grab it when they are going out to the woods at night. Okay. But he kills him with an axe, and Cindy and Alice obviously run, and he chases after them into the room with the witch mark. They go through this little tunnel, and they're saved due to a tunnel collapse. Very convenient, but also I don't think many people have been crawling around here for a few hundred years. True, yeah, it, it happens at, like, the exact right time. And then they're trapped in this cave until they're not. Well, they find other ways out, yes. Yeah. Um, it seems like a weird thing to cut to during the super tense moment, but we cut to the bully girl, Sheila, who was being mean to Ziggy, gets this note from the boy she likes, <laughs> and is like, meet me in the bathroom. And so she goes, and she walks into the bathroom, very sleepaway camp to Walks oh, yeah. in, they lock her in, and there's a bucket filled with bugs and everything. Why does this camp have so many bugs and reptiles and stuff? I didn't know it was a main part of summer camp, but they just dump all these cockroaches and centipedes and everything on her head. Oh, yeah, because there's, like, a tarantula on her and stuff. I'm like, where did this come from? And then they run into, like, the animal building of the camp. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Why do you have, like all of these cockroaches and everything and but okay sure <laughs> at least it's not like they just found cockroaches in the woods that are ginormous <laughs> yeah like giant hissing cockroaches yeah 
back in our tunnel, Alice wants to stop Tommy. Cindy's still not sure about the witch and thinks he's just snapped, maybe from hitting his head, like, during the attack or something like that. Yeah, and I love how Alice is like, I don't give a shit. He killed my boyfriend, so I don't care. Yes. They get in an argument and split up. They each walk their way, but it's just a circle, so they both just walk right back into each other. Because they, like, yell at each other. They're like, well, you better not follow me. It's like, well, you better not come back. And then Alice, like, screams at her. Because he's like, oh, well, I told you not to follow me. It's like, I didn't. You made a circle. And then they look at the symbol and realize the symbol was the map out. This whole tunnel is like a giant witch symbol. Right. Back up top, Tommy has obviously gotten back out the way they came in. The poor kid who he was given instructions to earlier in, in this, like, workshop cabin, he walks in and he's like, hey, and this... Gives me such Star Wars Episode 3 vibes of Master Skywalker. There are too many of them. What are we going to do? With Tommy there with the axe. And I feel so bad for this kid. But they cut away, but he kills him and the other kids in the cabin. Oh, yeah. Once again, Netflix sanitizes it. We don't get to see the little kid get chopped up into pieces, even though we see his arm and leg later. Yeah, I'm surprised they gave us that, to be honest. Like, Jesus Nick and Ziggy are connecting now. Like, they really start liking each other and they kiss. But then they hear screams, they run, you find the body of the boy we were just talking about. This is also where um, Lou Reed comes in. This is when they started playing Lou Reed. um, Fuck, what was it? Waiting for the man, I think it was. Or no, Sweet Jane. That's it. Yeah, playing Sweet Jane. I was like, I love this song so much. And I, like, turned it up. And then it stopped, (laughs) and I was sad. But, yeah, they wrote, they find him. Cindy and Alice, this is wild and stupid. This is the dumbest decision in this movie. They find this weird, beating, gooey heart-type yeah. thing. It's, like, the size of, like, a coffee table, like, beating in there, and it's covered with flies. And Alice's first thought is, I'm gonna touch it! Yeah, there's no way, like, we walk into the room and see that, you're immediately leaving. Like, I'm not staying in the room with the pulsating meat in the middle of the room. <laughs> I mean, I might not run away, but I'm not going up and touching it. I might like, no be way. standing there going, what the fuck? Like, in shock. But no, I'm not going to touch the nasty beating goo. It's like Alice's character is just almost like, I wonder if he'll get you high. She starts licking it like a frog. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what the fuck <laughs> she's thinking. But she touches it, and she has a scary vision, and she runs and trips and breaks her leg. And it's a nasty break. Oh, because it's like the bone comes out of the skin. It's like horrible. And, but it's terrible. But they shouldn't have made it so terrible because she walks around throughout the rest of the movie. Yes, she's limping and whatnot. She kind of drags herself. But you should have had it where she like twisted her ankle. And then it wouldn't be so like insane that later she's like running around and stuff. Or even broke her ankle, but no bone out of skin. Yeah, the bone out of skin part, it's like, I get the shocking visual part, like, oh shit. But then for the rest of the movie, you're almost like, okay, well, she can't move anymore. No. No. Up top, news of the murdered cabin of children has obviously spread, because all the campers are gathering in the mess hall and everything. There's still 30 unaccounted for, because everyone's running and hiding and playing Color War. Yeah, well, it's great, because they're like, we count... 29 of them, there's 30-some still missing. Where could they be? Cut to two of them fucking. Yes. The two head counselors fucking. Also, Nick and Gary are going to go out to find the others. Gary is played by 
I don't remember the actor's name, but Oscar from Halloween 2018. Yes, I saw him, and I was like, he looks so fucking familiar. Is it that guy? And then I looked up yeah. his name. I'm like, it is. And he's almost, once again, playing Oscar from Halloween in this movie. Yep. To the point of, like, what's his, like, I forget who his friend was, but like, earlier when they're in the mess hall, he's, like, hugging over all over him and kissing him, just like he did in Halloween 2018. Yeah, he's exact same character. Yeah. Ziggy realizes they forgot Sheila after they dumped all the bugs, and then that, now there's a murderer on the loose. Yeah, because, like, all of her friends, like, gang up on her, being like, where's she at? What did you do with her? And Ziggy's like, oh, god damn it, fuck. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, the two head counselors, Joan and Kurt, are fucking, and Kurt is the typical after-sex asshole in horror movies. Oh, it's, don't touch me after, babe! Yeah, he's like, you tell anyone about this, you're dead. And Joan's just happy and smoking a joint, and she hears a noise, she gets up, goes, and is axed by Tommy. Well, it's so, because, like, he leaves to, like, go to the bathroom or go shower or something, and she takes a joint out and, like, lights it. It's lit for, like, half a second. He's like, I could smell that! You better put that out! It's like, you know, maybe you need this a little bit. You're calmed down. He's like, put it out now! <laughs> Um, Cindy's helping Alice with her leg down in the tunnels, and she comes clean about snitching on her years ago, because she wanted to get out of Shadyside, and she thought, like, she could lift herself up by putting others down, all this stuff. It's just a giant, like, character development. She's sorry for trying to act like she wasn't part of them and everything. It's like, you remember in high school when it would be, like, the next school year, and, like, there'd be, like, that kid that tried to reinvent himself over summer? With, like, he'd come in in, like, a leather jacket, and everyone would just, he'd be like, this is going to really work out, this is going to be so cool. And then everyone would just make fun of him, and you never saw the leather jacket again, he just went right back to normal. That was you! You would go as, like, the, the Grateful Dead fan, and then you were the punk rock fan, and the, that was you! Don't no. try to deny this! I was into that stuff, I wasn't just trying to do it to be cool, I was just... Okay, that's fair, that's fair, yeah, you weren't faking it. No. I was gonna say I've seen all the phases of Brett pictures. Oh, no, that that was 2011 when everyone decided they wanted to be a hippie, and our school, like our class colors, was tie dye. That's fair. Okay, never yeah. mind. I'll let that one slide then. Everyone Redacted. had their, their 3D glasses with the glasses parts punched out. Oh yeah, I remember when that was a big thing. I'm wearing a beanie and it's 90 degrees and I'm sweating to death. I'm like, why am I doing this? I was excited to get a sandbagging in here. <laughs> but um, they find the red moss, and now they know they're close because of the red moss from earlier. Back up top, Tommy axes some more Color War prisoners. Not much to do with anything, just higher body count. And Ziggy goes into the bathroom for Sheila, and Sheila has no idea what's going on, so obviously just start fighting right away. And because they're fighting and yelling, Alice and Cindy can hear them. They're right underneath them. So they're, this outhouse just empties into the witch tunnel. Yeah, to the point of Cindy and Alice are like, is that toilet paper? And they're like, yes. this must be the outhouse. Also, later on, the kitchen also just opens up to this tunnel via a vent. Like, yeah, look, if we want to tie it to another Friday the 13th thing, this is 2009's Friday the 13th, where the underground tunnel attaches yeah. to everything in the camp. Yeah, it, that makes complete sense. Of this part, especially with the outhouse, 
because Ziggy, like, they're screaming, like, we hear you, help us. Ziggy sticks her head through the outhouse, like, poop hole, and is like, what are you guys doing? Her hair's, like, touching everything. I'm like, ooh. Oh, I have thoughts on that in a minute here. But finally, Sheila gets knocked out, and Gary finds them. And the line, my sister's in the toilet! <laughs> yeah. And then their idea to hoist them up with the bucket. I get this for Alice, because she can't really climb. So I, I get this. You know, that's she's not going to be able to climb off the rope like Cindy could or something but like that. Can these two people hoist up, like, dead weight of a person on a rope? Yeah, probably. There's two of them. Yeah, but I don't know. That's that's well, a person's dead weight of they're not helping at all. Well, she was. She was, like, grabbing onto rocks and stuff and pulling up with it. Yeah, okay. But I didn't anyway, like the bucket. This is where I was getting to. It's a good thing Alice gets killed in this movie. Hear me okay. out. Because she had a bone sticking out of her leg earlier, Brett. Yeah. Now she's being hoisted up poop. That leg is going to be amputated and possibly get infected and kill her anyway. Oh, yeah. It's like fresh shit is being smeared into an open wound. Yes. So I'm just saying, she's probably a goner even if she doesn't die. She probably has some kind of infection after this. Also, if... Shouldn't there be much more poop piled up? If this I was is like thinking a summer that too. Camp? Like that, they must not like feed them that well because they're never going to the bathroom. You see, like a few little skid marks here and there, and you see some toilet paper. You think this would be like a thirty, like foot high mound of shit? Of every once in a while, the counselors look down into the cave shit tunnel. It's like, uh, we're gonna have to deal with that at some point. <laughs> All I can think, headcanon right around time. This is the mossy toilet. No one wants to use the mossy toilet, so maybe that's why this one's not that bad. But is this the only one that opens up into the cave? No, I think all of them do, but they're just under the mossy one. Also, what a, like, well, the next generation will deal with it, of, like, someone else buys the summer camp, and is like, okay, let's check out the outhouses, like, what the fuck? Holy... We can't... This isn't, like, regulation anymore? I honestly have no idea how outhouses work. I think that's just what you do. Well, but it's like a hole in the ground. It's not just yeah. into a cave where, like, a bat <laughs> can fly up your asshole. <laughs> I don't know why that visual made me laugh so bad. Well, because it's like the bat wings are still going, but the head is inside of you, and you're running around like, help me! And the wings are going, your pants are down. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a good point. This is a bad system. Horrible. And that's also later when the vent comes into the kitchen. Cave bugs and weird smells could come up through that, right to where <laughs> yeah. you cook. The outhouse smells go right to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why does the food smell like shit all the time? But Tommy comes into the outhouse and beheads Gary right there. Ziggy runs, and she finds Nick. They hide, and she tells him it's the witch's curse, and he kind of believes her, to be honest. Oh, and Gary's body falls into the outhouse, like, shithole, down into yes. the cave, and, like, onto Alice. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but they're hiding in, like, the room with all the bugs and snakes and stuff. And Tommy breaks in. And this is really tense. Like, they're hiding, like, behind desks and stuff. He smashes the snake tank, which is a pretty cool tension builder. Because it goes, like, right up to Ziggy. You know, have to be real quiet and everything. Of course. And I was, I was like, please don't do a Friday the 13th Part 2 moment where she sees, like, the rat and she pisses herself. Like, tell me Ziggy doesn't see the snake and all of a sudden there's, like, 30 gallons of pee coming from behind this, like, <laughs> dresser thing. And the killer turns around like, hmm. All Sadie Sink had to do is like, hey, if you want me in that next Stranger Things season, I'm not doing this. I That's am all not Sadie doing the Friday the 13th Part 2 thing, no. <laughs> yes. But... He axes Nick in the leg, but chases after Ziggy. Ziggy runs and gets away. At this point, the bus leaves with all the campers, so most of the camp is cleared out at this point. Right here, I was like, they're playing Friday the 13th, the game, and like some of the players got out in the car, but like uh, Ziggy was like the last player that didn't make it to the car in time, so now she's left because she's like standing at the exit of the camp, but she can't leave because it's like the yeah. invisible wall. <laughs> But Tommy chases Ziggy to the mess hall here. And also underground, Cindy leaves Alice to go find another exit, which also happens to be the mess hall, like we talked about already. Yeah. She's banging on this grate to get out, and Ziggy's hiding in, like, this closet. Tommy comes in. She stabs Tommy, very little effect. He starts choking her. She pulls the sack over his face. This is how he gets his look from the previous movie. Yeah, she, like, throws the... It's literally a potato sack over his face and then, like, twists it, so that's why it's like, forms to his face, which is a cool look. Oh, definitely. I think it's really cool, actually. At least it it looks so much different, at least, than, like, Town the Dreaded Sundown or Friday the 13th Part 2 of, like, they both had eye holes. This guy doesn't, and it's form-fitting. It's not just a sack. So, yeah. I get what they're doing, like, the homage thing, but they did it in a way I like. Right then, Cindy comes out and stabs Tommy a ton of times. He dies, and her and Ziggy are hugging each other, apologizing. Alice comes out and has the witch's hand. You know, I really feel bad for Tommy throughout this movie. Oh, he didn't do anything wrong. Well, he just keeps wanting to ask people questions, and oh, they won't answer you. him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she has the hand, and they realize they have to reunite it with the body by the hanging tree or something like that. And Ziggy's nose starts bleeding and she has this vision when she touches the hand. Stop touching the cursed hand! Yeah. And stop leaning over it and letting blood get on it. Like, be like, keep this wrapped up. Do you have like one yeah. of those Crown Royal bags? Put it in that so nothing happens to it. You mean those bags that everyone when they go to cash in change at Coinstar has? Oh yeah. But the gooey heart thing underground starts beating faster and forming weird, like, bodies out of it. And now it makes sense what this is. Of It's, like, almost yep. a portal that brings out all of these other killers. Which I think I said this in the first one, that it reminded me of Sleepy Hollow in a way. This part reminded me of Sleepy Hollow, of, like, this is just the death tree that everything yep. comes out of. Very much. But now Undead Tommy... Like, has woken up and just acts as Alice, kills her. Yeah. And so now Cindy gets up and takes his head off with a shovel. He's beheaded, so he's definitely oh. dead, right? But it's great because she's so pissed off. She's just like, fucking die! And like you said, she, like, pins him to the wall with a shovel by the neck and, like, beheads him and, like, scrapes the head away. And the, you see the head and the body have separated. You're like, 
he's gone, right? Other than the fact of we've already seen the other movie, so we know he's not. Yep, and then Ruby Lane's singing and comes out from underground, and the baby mask killer that we only saw for a split second when Josh was going through his killer montage last movie, but he's coming out this time too. Yeah, it almost makes me think that they definitely set it up of like, if this does extremely well, we can have all of these other killers come out at some point. Yeah. But so they run out and they're digging up the body by the hanging tree to find it there. So everyone just knows that this is where the body is. Yeah, they dig they dig one hole and find exactly where the rock is that is like the witch will live forever. But they've dug perfectly down to exactly where this is in the like nick of time. Like okay movie, sure. Yeah, well the body's not there anyway. We know from last movie because someone yeah. moved it. But they see the rock that says the witch forever lives and all the killers arrive and surround them. And this is just brutal and sad. Honestly, Cindy is axed and that sounds bad, but no, I mean, she's like over and over and over again axed. Yeah. And like, also like Ziggy, uh, like one of the killers gets like on top of her and is stabbing her with like a switchblade knife. But Cindy is getting her cave or chest caved in with an axe over and over again. And this almost reminded me of the Netflix Texas Chainsaw movie of when Sally's sitting there, like after getting fucked in the chest with a chainsaw, but still has the energy to be like, take my gun. It's like Cindy still has the energy to reach out to Ziggy and be like, I have the I forgive you, I still love you moment. Like, there's no way. I can kind of buy it. Like, oh. what? you're not going to do anything else. You're dying. Maybe not talking as clearly, but, like, the reaching out, I can get. By the time... Because it's not like this immediately happens and they start reaching out to each other. It's like the fifth axe swing to the same spot in her chest. And she's like, Ziggy! It's like, no, yeah. your heart is, like, pulp. Yep, the killers all disappear and leave. And Nick is still alive, and brings Ziggy back CPR. I don't know if that would work, but it does Yo, here. Exactly. Does CPR work on stab wounds? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think so. I think, if anything, you're just pushing more blood out of the stab wounds. So you should carry them to help. <laughs> yep. But anyway, Ziggy comes back, because remember, C. Berman died. <gasps> and The Man Who Saved the World starts playing by David Bowie. And... C. Berman's revealed to be Ziggy. Her name's Christine. And every, like, it cuts back to, like, present time and, like, all of our alive characters, like, you're Ziggy? It's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Well, I saw this at the beginning. And then, like, the cops are there and they're asking Nick, they're like, what happened? It was just Tommy. He doesn't tell them about the witch or anything like that. Oh, throughout the entire movie, it's set up, like, Nick's uh, father was the sheriff, but he got killed. And I guess in this version of the world, you just will the sheriff position to your son. Because even the cop that is like already an officer is like, you'll be my boss one day. It's like, why? He's like, how much younger than you? Just because his dad was the sheriff doesn't mean like, this isn't a king thing. Like, <laughs> I was about to say they're treating it like royalty. Like, Mr. Sheriff the Fifth. Like, <laughs> but he's like, didn't, he didn't want to have to deal with any of it. And then finally, at the very end, it's like he took the responsibility and did the thing he didn't want to do. 
but he became the sheriff. It's like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> there could be a whole other thing about this. Yeah. The hand falls into the hole that they dug up by the tree, and like the rain's pouring down, so it disappears into there. Dina and Josh tell Christine, present, well, present day, 1994 day, they found the body, and all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, we can actually put an end to this, because she knows where the hand is. This is my biggest bullshit of the whole thing. Okay. So they go to the mall. The mall was built around this tree where the camp used to be. Yeah. And the hand is still there. What the fuck? Like, right (laughs) there. Like, six inches down. Yeah, you gotta be fucking kidding me. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? Like, okay, I get that they left the tree for some reason. There's some weird power with the tree that won't allow it to be cut down. So the idea got in the architect's heads to build the mall around the tree. But there's people like janitors and stuff that take care of the mall and they put down mulch and plant things and clean up. None of them ever found this hand. It's been there since the seventies. Alright, let's go over how this could happen. One, they literally built the mall around the tree. Which means at one spot in the mall, there's no concrete or foundation underneath. This mall is going to, like, just fall over one day. Yeah, because the tree's going to keep growing and fuck up the mall. Or let's say this tree has historical significance. So they transplanted the tree. You know, like, they dug up the roots and then planted it down in the mall. Also, I can believe this. You don't think the hand would have rolled out at some point? Yeah, they're like, look, what is that? Best put it back. No little five-year-old ever was digging by the tree, like, playing, and found the skeleton hand and started, like, sucking on it. And the mom was like, what was that, honey? Or maybe anyone who finds the hand, like, gets murdered right away by some, like, Seraphir thing. Yeah, so it's almost like their version of, you don't want to go down that road. Like, janitor person who keeps reburying the hand. But after finding the hand, they call Nick. So our whole crew is coming together from this past and present. But Dina's, they go to dig up the body and Dina's nose starts bleeding. And they reunite the hand with the body. And she has one of the snappy red witch visions. And then credits to Cherry Bomb. Yeah, which was awesome. I love that Cherry Bomb was in this uh, movie because I opened the show with it. Um, yes. And we get our trailer for the next one, too. I, and I'm looking forward to the next one. They bring back a couple of the actors because, like, Sadie Sink shows back up in it, it looks like, and whatnot. Yeah. Which is a good way to reuse some. And I also, like, recognized a few other people. I hope that it's not so cut and dry what's going to happen. Because if it is, I already know what the third one's going to be. Not that I'm not excited for it, but I hope it's not so I know what's going to happen like this movie was. I don't know. You'd have to tell me what you think. And to be honest, I'm not sure if I remember it well enough to tell you if you're right or not. Okay. And I don't want to know right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do this tomorrow. Yes. All right. That's Fear Street Part 2. 1978. I like it a lot. I don't like yeah. as much as the first one. That first one's such a strong start. This is, as we've co- talked about before and other things, the middle movie. Exactly. And it feels like the middle movie. Of I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't an extremely ger- generic slasher, 
but there was enough of the parts that like I saw exactly what they were doing. I still had fun with it. It's worth a watch. Oh, for sure. I think the whole thing, and after you watch that first one, you're gonna watch this one. Oh, you know? yeah. Exactly. Alright, you ready for Count of the Dead? Yeah, it's getting to the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, the Throgman's Horror Count of the Dead tallies up all the deaths in the movie. We have our own typical rules where you have to pretty much see it or see a fresh body type deal. So, we already went over ones that were questionable. Where do you think we got with Fear Street Part 2, 1978? If I'm remembering right, which I'm probably not, in the first Fear Street, they said that this was like a massacre of like 14 people. They did say that, but I'm not going to say we saw all 14. Well, oh, okay. Well, now at the very end, they had all the bodies laid out, and there were 11 laid out there. And then you said said that the nurse counts. I did. Does Tommy count? I don't remember if I counted Tommy or not. That should tell you something. So I'm going to say 12. I'm going to say you got it. That was very good. I was walking you through. I'm like, you got it. You got it. And I was waiting for you to do the, well, I'm going to add one more. Like, don't do it. Don't fucking do it, Brett. (laughs) Also, I got it. I was a second away from yelling. I'm like, no. (laughs) But I almost did say 13. I knew you were going to. I don't fucking do it. You're right there. (laughs) I got to ruin this. Let's raise count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Cherry bomb! So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. I come up with that thing right now. So then I'm going to do things from the 1970s. Yep. Alright, so the number one thing from the 1970s, the worst thing from the 1970s. Oh, God, I don't know. Lead paint? (laughs) Maybe disco? Nixon? Was Nixon in the 70s? (laughs) I don't think, but I'm not sure. No idea. But yeah, there's there's a few things. I think Vietnam ended in the 70s, so it was in the 70s. So there's another one. Intern Corey. (laughs) Yeah. Um... He's going to be mad at me for that one. (laughs) A number 10 version of a thing from the 70s. The best thing from the 70s. God, this is fucking hard. I almost want to say John Carpenter. Oh, good. Yes, I can agree with this. Because he started in the 70s and look at what we got from him. So, John Carpenter is number 10. So we got Vietnam and John Carpenter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to rate Fear Street 78, 7 out of 10. A little less than I liked the first one. Uh, It was still a lot of fun. I'm still, like, looking forward to covering the last one. If they did more of these, I would check it out. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty close with you. I went 6 out of 10 things from the 70s. Uh, Same deal. I like it a little less. This one... I don't feel, if this was the first one, I might not have rushed to watch the second one as quickly, if you get what I mean. Right. And there's so many parts of, like, they were being so close to Friday the 13th, especially with, like, the score at certain points. I was just like, uh, come on, guys. Oh, see, I love that. That that didn't bother me at all. Just, like, I love the, 
obvious scream ones from the first one, like dragging the body down the hallway. Things like that didn't bother me, but when the plot was so much like it, that's where it started to get me. Yeah. Alright, well, unless you have anything else. No, we'll see you guys tomorrow for the last part of all this. Yeah, 1666. <laughs> so we hope that Fear Street 1978 has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare.